This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Megan Campbell connected with the header and, and Monica McGurk at the goal full length to push that one away. And here's Rebecca Cray who'll look to send in the, the resulting corner kick. Rohini chasing this game down. It's another good ball. And there's the header. It's there! Rohini have equalised! It's Megan Campbell and there's fury in the P-mount defence! Rohini have equalised! Campbell races down along the stand in Santry. Rohini have saved this one and Campbell has equalised and there's only three minutes of play left. May 2013 and a dream had come true. Rohini United were champions of Ireland. A local club from one of Dublin's oldest villages, winning the Bosseran Women's National League. Ireland's premier club for women's football, but they offer so much more. Football for the Rohini community, all the way from under fives to over 35s. And you see, the good thing is, we're Rohini United, we're not you know, a home farmer or that, so it's, it's, it's important that when we do put sides together, they're local lads, because they'll say we should show a bit of loyalty to the club. The club's badge reads, founded 1994, champions of Ireland and it only took 20 years. From humble beginnings in a sports mad community, all the way to Irish champions. Rohini United may have been founded in 1994, though its roots they last longer in the Rohini ground. In 1993, Rohini Boys and Dunsidi United were the two main clubs in Rohini Village. Paddy Moore, a Rohini man from birth and living a stone's throw away from United's clubhouse in Rohini Village, highlighted the beginning of soccer or association football in Rohini. The road leagues of the 1960s offered a local tournament for youngsters. Paddy tells us how they played out, involving all the young guys. Well, I played in them. <laughs> I did, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, they, I don't know how they how they got around to organising them, but um, all the Watermills played together, <laughs> all the Nannikins played together, all the Maryvilles played together. You know, all the Ellafords played together, and and I think and it was the likes of Charles High. He even put trophies up for the for the for the for the, for the, the senior teams as well, and they were ran absolutely with precision. There were, you know, there was you knew what time your match was at. It was a full pitch. It wasn't seven sides or anything like that. We played on pitch five, pitch two, you know. So St. Anne's, right, yeah. And they they were absolutely ran. I, I, I can't remember the man's name that was in charge of it at the time, but he, by G, he did a fantastic job. Because when you're looking at, you're looking at 20 teams, you know, and at different age levels as well, like, you know, 12s. 14, you know, that sort of way. And I think that was a good grounding for the likes of Rainy boys as well. Because I think the road leagues led, led into, I think Bob Cranston had a look inside these road leagues. I think he helped out as well at the time. Uh, and he thought, there's, there's, a, there's an opening here for clubs. So that's, a, that's, I think, how Rohini boys got started. Rohini had discovered football through the road leagues. As the sport was taking root in Irish villages, Rohini had two golden eggs. In a sports mad community which includes the country's biggest athletics club and one of the biggest GAA clubs in Dublin, Rohini found itself with two soccer clubs, Rohini Boys and Dunseedy United. Paddy Moore joined up with Dunseedy United. Kind of a founder member with, uh, with Dunseedy United uh, and also with Rohini United. So obviously starting with Rohini United in 1994 but before that, with Dunseedy United and uh, kind of the the senior men's club in in Rohini. It, well, it was yeah. It was formed in nineteen seventy one. Um, I think one of the lads that formed it is a local lad still here. He, he drinks in the club is John O'Driscoll. Um, 
and it was a one team uh, and it, it went from 71 all the way through up to 94. Um, they won quite a few leagues and cups and stuff like that. Um, but I think 94, around 92, 93, 94, we kind of looked at the whole situation. We were trying to raise money, stuff like that, to build the clubhouse and we found it very hard. And so we decided that uh, that's like we'd have to merge. We asked Rahini boys to come to, to come together in ninety two, ninety three, um, and they were in the same boat. Really, they had our clubhouse down here in Saint Anne's, where Saint Cost Colours is now. Um, we had two clubhouses, trying to get the same, you know, funding from all the the same people. So we we decided yes, we'd merge. So that was the the both clubs decided that. So we merged in ninety four. What was the relationship like prior to that? Very competitive. I think a few players had played for both clubs at some stage, including myself. I, I played for Rohini Boys uh, right at the very start when I was very young. But then we moved. There was, there was actually another Rohini United sandwich in the middle there somewhere, you know, uh, formed by the local, a few of the local lads as well. So I went from Rainy Boys to there to Rainy United, and we played in the Phoenix Park is where we played. So that was that was an experience, I have to say. But then I joined uh, Dunseedy and played with them for a few years, and got injured then and had to give it up. But um, yeah, it's I think they're all all those, all those three clubs are very close. Uh, I mean, I know, I knew an awful lot of players that played with Rainy Boys, and they knew an awful lot of our players. So it was, that's that's how actually how close it was. So. Uh, and that's that's I think that's what helped the merger in the in in the end, you know. So see, they were claret and blue and black and white, and uh, the black and white I know white I know the why why we were black and white, and that was because the, the manager at the time Toss he was a Fulham fan, so that's why it was black and white. You know, the Dunsey one I don't know why they picked the claret and blue. Um, I mean Rahini Rahini United now their second colours are claret and blue. That was one of the agreements. Uh, Rahini boys were black and white, so. Or black and green at one stage, so we decided our black and white stripes. So that's what we decided to do when we married that we'd 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 kind of compromise with the colours and that sort of stuff. So that's how that all that started. There's always two sides to every story, and the second side to the Rohini United story comes in the shape of Rohini boys. The boys' former chairman Billy Ward tells the second part of the story as Rohini boys became part. Of Rohini United. I got involved in the, in the late 80s, I think it was, um, sort of about 25 years ago. One of my young lads was playing underage and uh, I went down to the match and um, eventually got a tap on the shoulder and asked me would I like to be a manager. So what could I say? So that's my that's how I started and then, uh, you know, went from there and I somehow I was landed on the committee and then um, went off on my holidays one summer and came back and found that I was elected chairman without uh, <laughs> ever knowing about it. So that's how I got involved. We were sort of dying on our feet in, in, in many respects. We we had a few underage teams and we had, I think, one senior team. But um, very difficult to get a committee together, very difficult to get, to get volunteers also very difficult to raise money you know we, we actually ran out of money and the checks bounced one summer um, and we couldn't pay for our pitches so we were um, a couple of us got together and, and the bank asked us for personal guarantees which we gave but I said well you know we can't go on living like this so we had to look around to see what the alternatives were and there was only two alternatives one was that we we fold up and forget about the whole thing or else we look for a, for a partner 
um, somebody to merge with. So we sent out feelers um, to Dunseedy United, who were only up the road from us, about a good kick out from where we where we were based. Um, and uh, the feedback or the, the, the feedback was was very positive. Um, they were in, in a similar situation, I think. And uh, so we met up, uh, both committees met up in, in the Cedars Lounge um, in the winter of 1993-94. And we put the whole deal together. Like the, the issues at the, we had to resolve were the names of the club and, and they had no... They had no uh, problem with uh, with ditching the Dunseedy name. They had no real affinity for the name, and um, uh, they were happy to take on the Rohini title. We were happy to take on the United title, so we thought we got Rohini United out of it. We decided to use their clubhouse because it was in much better condition than ours was. It had been completed and it was railed off, and it was more secure. We had a lot of problems with our clubhouse at the time, with the residents uh, complaining about the state of it and the antisocial behaviour surrounding it. So we were glad glad to get rid of that. Um, we gave the, the site back to the corporation, the lease, what was remained on the lease, and we took uh, the money, and that formed the, the seed capital for the new clubhouse that we have now. The other thing we needed to resolve was the league, which league we were playing, because our senior team played in the amateur league and their senior team played in the AUL. So we compromised and we went to the Leinster Senior League. Um, we decided to, to merge on a temporary basis for one year. And after the end of the year, we went back to our respective committees and both gave us the thumbs up. It worked very well. So then we formed Rohini United officially. You know, we had a temporary arrangement from 1994, and that was really when we were founded. But we actually sealed the deal at the end of the first season, and everything has worked well since then. Okay, ball gone, ball gone. Throw in, now put the ball on the ground, whatever you want to do. That's it. Take the ball. Great play, Owen. Great play. Okay, yellow ball. Let's go. Foot on the ball or throw it in. Everything starts with grassroots. Every Saturday morning, Rohini United run an academy for young boys and girls in Manorhouse School, Rohini Village. The essence of the football club sees its volunteers give up their Saturday mornings. Lar Flood is head of the academy. Uh, Lar Flood, I'm, from, I'm living in Cholester at the moment. Involved with the academy now. This is our seventh year now with the academy. You know, involved the club about twelve years. A big crew around here helping you because this is the hockey pitch in Manor House and you've you filled it up with uh, Rohini United today. Oh, yeah, we've a great crew, I have to say. Now, you know, I mean, the lads, like, a lot of the lads, they run other teams as well, and yet they come down. I mean, there's Ray Kavanagh, he runs the first team, the senior team in the club. He comes down and gives a dig out. He's with us three or four years now, and it's brilliant. Row, Row Richmond, Tony Duffy, they're all great lads, you know, I mean. We've, we've, we have about, I'd say, about eight coaches, you know, that come down and give us a hand, you know, and then we've dads as well get involved as well, you know, so it's great, great setup, you know. It's all encouragement and making sure all the young lads get a touch of the ball. Yeah, that's it. It's all about the kids enjoying it, you know, and the more touches of the ball they get, the better. So, which, which uh, at the end, there's games then, the smaller the games, the better, because the weaker players get a touch of the ball then, you know what I mean, where if there's seven or eight aside, the weaker kids don't get near the ball, they don't get a touch of it, you know, so we try and make the games as small as possible, you know, and it's all about fun and that's it, it's all about the kids really enjoying it. The pandas, as they are commonly known, develop so much of young people's lives on a Saturday morning with their academy in Manor House School. Tony Duffy is one of those coaches. Coaching the academy on a Saturday morning before going on to work 
with the club's senior B team. I go back, I had a schoolboy side there about 15 years ago and I currently look after the second senior team and um, just look after the academy here with Lair and the lads. You got very involved in, in your side of the game there and you were making sure that... Yeah, when I'm, it... very, I'm, a, I'm a little bit vocal on the... I saw the microphone on the side of the pitch, I am a little bit vocal. But uh, the kids, they do, you have to go repetition, repetition, repetition with them before it, it finally sinks in and then they'll just do it naturally then. So We try to, we try, we strive to, to get them to think for themselves on the pitch if possible, but they're only babies so, you know, you have to kind of, you have to take them with a spoonful of sugar as such. But they're doing okay. But for yourself, you must get a, a bit of enjoyment coming out here and work. I love it. It's the, it's, to be honest with you, it's the highlight of my week in relation to football, not the seniors. It's looking after the children. The children, I, I, I get great crack out of them. As you, as you can see, as you see yourself on the pitch there, they do interact with you. And it's, uh, it's something I get out of it anyway, you know. So uh, I'm happy to put a little bit back into the, uh, into the game because I played for years. So it's time for me to put something back into it now. So that's it big difference at the facility here because usually monkey pitches in St. Anne's but you, you have this yeah, all weather. But I mean, well that's that's a countrywide problem there. We haven't got uh, all weather facilities or indoor facilities really to facilitate good football and good football practice. Um, if you could strive to do that, we have to look to our godfathers, the FAI, to see if they can come on board but they haven't got a penny either. So uh, <laughs> we, just, we, we just make do with what we have and we improvise and uh, basically we've seen, we've seen the club grow in stature now over the last few years and it basically all comes from the academy because this is in place I think about seven or eight years now isn't it Lar? It's the seventh year and we've seen a great great improvement in the kids I mean we, we, we run a mini leagues during the summer and you really notice the kids who play football with us and the kids who don't so we are doing something good and plus kids are playing football they're not doing or they're not up to no good so I'm a great a football club that caters for everyone. Rohini United, one of the top clubs in Dublin, fielding teams in the AUL leagues. All this work on a Saturday morning with young guys and girls sees the players move into the junior sides and then into the club's senior teams. It's a mix of passion and fight on Saturday afternoons and Sunday mornings, which sees Rohini United come out on top. Barry Carroll is the manager of Rohini United's second team and helped mastermind a 4-0 victory over Donna Kearney. Well, guys, that game was in us all season, all season. So it was a fabulous performance from 1-16. Absolutely brilliant. We absolutely murdered them. We really did on, on a bad conditions. Do you know what I mean? And we were very sensible. We set. We played some lovely football. The lads at the back were tremendous. Absolutely all tremendous. With well, apologies, Gabby, I didn't get you on. Yeah. Connor I didn't get you on. Unfortunately, if I don't make the rules, if I could put five on, I would. You know, sort of way. Like, I really, tried I've tried before. I have. <laughs> you know. But listen, fantastic performance for us, lads. That, we've games in hand, lads. If we got, we've nine games left now. We go on a little run. I tell you, we can, we can finish this season out really strong. Absolutely, really strong. We climbed this table. Lads. The lads that came down, listen, I really appreciate it. All right. And as I said, <coughs> Tuesday we're up in there. Uh, Gabby, we're up in the all weather again. Yeah, we, yeah, quarter seven. We're up for quarter, quarter seven because we can go on the pitch and do your warm up and you're straight into a game of football. Yeah. And then Thursday we might have that course hopefully on the Thursday as well, which could be could be very good. Thought about good possession. Yeah, we we did a lot of good possession on, on the bad pitch yesterday. So listen. Let's go back. We'll have a point for Stephen's birthday, yeah? Yeah, The lads, they've been busting the gut now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know what I mean? And I brought a senior senior player in to coach us as well, and he's just getting the lads 
talking and it's just made such a difference, you know what I mean? Because like, they're young lads and they're coming on absolutely brilliant, you know, that's sort the of way like so. That's our best performance of the season and, and in, in bad conditions, so I was delighted with the lads, absolutely delighted. And plus we've signed a, 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 a you know, couple of new lads which would be brilliant for us, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And for, the, for someone like yourself putting all this time and effort into the club, yeah. how, what does a, a Saturday kind of feeling make to you? Just makes it all worthwhile. It really does. You know, that's the way. Like, it's just, you can see the excitement in the lads there. Everyone enjoyed that, and that's football is there to be enjoyed. You know what I mean? Now, it's, it's Division Two Saturday, but these are all young lads who are all under 18s last year, basically stepping up. You know what I mean? And at the start of the season, it took them a little while. Just physically, they were losing out, but they've got over that hump now, and we're really going forward. And so, I fancy us to climb the table. You know what I mean? Like, so makes it all worthwhile. You know? How long are you in the club now? Uh, oh. 15 years, I suppose, at this stage, you know what I mean? Like, so, and, and these lads we've had, we've had these lads from under seven, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's, uh, not the greatest coach in the world or anything like that, football wise, you know what I mean? Like, I love it a bit, you know what I mean? Like, but I do enjoy it, you know what I mean? And like, I, I bring in lads to help me where, you know, where it's needed, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's great, it's great, really enjoyed it. Some of them have the passion though, and that team you can see they've been together and they love to wear the jersey. Yeah, and you see, the good thing is, we're Rohini United, we're not, you know, a home farm or anything like that, so it's, it's, it's important. To, that when we do put sides together, they're local lads because they'll stay with you and show a bit of loyalty to the club. Then do you know what I mean, and that's that's they're all everyone out there is a local lad. Do you know that sort of way? Like so, it's makes it all worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? Hello, it was Warren Stadium for the Bazaar Women's National League game. Raheem United beat Galway FC. Starting line today for Raheem United sponsor by Eclo. Number one, Lee Breed Burke. Number two, Pierre Grant. Number three, Lee Walsh. Number five, Sean Newman. From their founding, Raheem United were a shining light in women's football. In 2011, the club made another bold decision to become founder members of the FAI's Women's National League. Playing their home games in Morton Stadium Santry, another challenge the club had to rise through. In 2012, the club grabbed its first WFAI Cup. In May 2013, they became champions of Ireland, a feat they repeated 12 months later, helped in part by a last-day goal from Mary Waldron. There's a picture actually of me and I'm just looking up to the heavens with just pure relief that that goal went in, yeah. It was novel that one of the founder members of the Women's National League should dominate it so early on. Mary Waldron captained Rohini United for the league's first two seasons, as she also merged her time between lining out in the black and white of Rohini with gaining 50 international cricket caps. Mary, tell me how she got involved in football. Cricket was obviously a late start, but football, I, I, as I said, I'm from I'm from the country, so with a big garden, I mean, not that many neighbours about, but we literally just played football, you know, pretty much every day. And had my brother out, we played football all day, every day. Not a massive, nobody else in my family really played soccer, um, so I'm not sure where where that developed from, but. Um, I know, I remember my, my parents taking me to training when I was about 10 or 11 down in Fur House. That was my first club, just down the road. So um, I, I just always played soccer, played a bit of basketball, hockey in school and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was really just, I mean, I had plenty of space at home to get out and play. And I was one of those no computer games, nothing like that. I was always out playing football. And then cricket, I only started playing when I was 21. Actually, a friend in, in college who I played soccer with, a South African girl, she was just mad into cricket. So... Kind of just developed from there, but um, I've always uh, sports always been central to my life, and all my friends are through sport, and that's what I do pretty much outside of work. 
before you played for Rohini United, you played for St. Francis and for Catherine's as well. So that progression towards Rohini United when the National League, the, the Women's National League started, how did you end up in the, the black and white colours? It was a tricky one for me. I've I've played for a good few clubs. Unfortunately, with women's football, the clubs seem to just not have enough players and dissolve. I don't know if that's a bad sign against me or not, but um, that's why I was moving around. I w- would have definitely like St. Catharines are a great team and um, you know they have a great work ethic and they're still going strong but they didn't have a team in the National League so and I wanted to play at the highest level possible so for me at that stage it would have been either Piment or Rohini and at that stage before I moved they're both massive rivals um, but I was living in Eastwall at the time um, and Rohini were training literally five minutes from me it would have been quite a journey to Piment and um, I knew a couple of the girls in Rohini, so it was, you know, it was, seems like an easy decision now, but it wasn't at the time. I did think long and hard about it, but it was probably one of the best decisions I've made. And then when the Women's National League started, it was obviously a whole new ball game, really, for, for women's sport and for women's football in the country as well, because as a lot of the coaches said to me, this was actually a real step up from, from Dublin League football. What have you noticed in, in the change since the league went national? Um, it's just a massive change. It's just the whole outlook is is much more professional. Obviously, it could be better, but you know it's early early stages. The FAI will say that themselves. But I mean, it's just it's it's massively different. The the quality of the games, the quality of the pitches is a huge huge thing for me. Obviously, the referees and you know fourth officials or whatever they like to be called now. I mean, it's just much better. Obviously, you can see from yourself the amount of girls getting onto the Irish team from the National League that the standard is there and. You know, a couple more teams in the future just to make it a bit more competitive. But yeah, just the quality of play. I think. I mean, Piment play some great football. We play some great football. You wouldn't necessarily have that in in all the other teams and just in the. I think it was it called the Premier A division before that before it moved up to National League. So no, it's just the quality of play. I think and just the professional standards of the girls as well. Yeah, so there there is a lot of changes. The travel as well is something that the clubs have complained about. But as a player, how do you find that that you can end up in Rohini one week you're in Cork the next and Castlebar the week after that that has to affect things for, for players like yourself yeah it's it's a funny one I, I would imagine the clubs are complaining due to the cost um, of getting around the country it's it's obviously it's a massive cost and a massive struggle for clubs I do know that but um, as a player it's not too much a big a deal. I mean, I if I play for a team, I'm committed, and travel is just part and parcel of that. I I, I don't mind. I suppose for for girls with part time jobs, the weekend and having to you know miss work, that can be tricky. I'm lucky I have a I have a nine to five full time, so outside traveling doesn't doesn't affect me. But um, you know, you always have a bit of banter on the bus as well. It's good team team bonding time as well. But you know, I I personally don't mind. I'm sure I'm sure there's those who don't like to travel, but there are always those who don't like the bus. Rohini United are supported in their community development by an FAI regional officer. Sharon Boyle is a former Rohini United player who's now moved into a full-time role as a regional officer for the Football Association of Ireland. I started with Rohini United about eight, nine years ago. Um, I finished off playing with uh, Shamrock Rovers and uh, Derek Cook came and asked me would I come down to Rohini United and play and um, I went down and I finished off my career there. And back in those, this was before the the national league that the, the team competed in. Now, so you're playing Dublin District League. What was the the kind of the general run of the mill Saturday or Sunday match like? 
It was actually um, during the week for uh, games, for league games, um, and you'd have a cup game maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, depending. You could be going to Waterford to the tip end of Donegal. It would depend on who you were uh, drawn against. We would play in St Anne's Park, a uh, big change now from Morton Stadium. Um, but um, the grass was cut, <laughs> so uh, it was good. It was good. There were good days. So over nine years, that role has evolved a lot because I know they were fairly new roles at the time. So I'm sure that's been it's been some evolution of, of work for you over the last ten years. I have, yeah. I uh, started off uh, with Dublin City Council and the FEI, um, started uh, down in Darndale and Cabarrick. Um, I worked down there for two and a half, three years, um, working in the area. Uh, helping the clubs out, working on social inclu inclusion programmes, late night leagues and stuff like that. Tell us first of all about your social inclusion programme. Yeah, it's a late night league programme. It's uh, catered for boys and girls if, if enough girls are interested. Um, we run it on a Friday night between 8 and 10 um, or 9 till 11 on a Friday night. Um, the lads come down and um, they register a team and the guards uh, get involved and the local club. Um, they play for two hours uh, through a league system for four to six weeks, depending on the numbers. And then the winners will go on to the All-Ireland Finals, which will be um, usually in Rings End um, on a Friday night. And where would those games usually be taking place? So you, you obviously have to play them probably in, in halls or in, under good lights. It will depend. If, if, the, if the facility you're using has a hall, you'll have an indoor. Um, where I used it uh, this year was just down in Baldoyle United. They were... Um, gave me the Astro for free which was fantastic and it actually uh, was able for them to recruit new players of an under 17 boys team which was fantastic. Clubs such as Rohini United are very interwined into the community however schools offer all sports the opportunity to introduce new members. Sharon explains the challenges of helping clubs like Rohini United enter schools. As everyone is aware there's multi-sports out there that, that the kids play whether it be GAA, soccer, golf and um, for me I don't mind what sport the kids are playing as long as they're playing sport. Um, but I do feel that they should be given an equal opportunity as every sport, wh whether they want to play it or not, but they should be given that opportunity. And just what type of challenge is that obviously going into a school? I know it's a, kind of you're always open to developing in schools, but if you could compare the challenge of going into a school and going into a club, because when you go into a club, you're going to get a kind of you're, you're, you're going to be wanted in a lot of ways but when you're going into a school it's a different challenge a different environment it can be um, because a lot of the sports would have development officers in, in, the, in their schools whether it be GAA or tennis and everyone's fighting for a spot of one hour a day or two hours a day you know all, all we can do is offer the programs that we have speak to the principal and if they want to take uh, the program on board they will in the end, it took just 20 years for Rohini United to reach the top of the tree. Yet there's a lot more than just a simple rise behind it. From zero to hero, and there's still thousands of miles left to run. They do do things in the community. Like I have seen uh, Siobhan Colleen and Rachel Graham involved in the academy that they have down there, you know. And, and they are role models in the area for what they've achieved in women's football. Um, it's it's on the up. I I'd like to see now Rohini set up a few more girls teams from 
the exposure that they've got because um, it's, it's a perfect stone for them to start off uh, women's football and, and, and for it to grow down and really unite. This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.